Hi, Gwen. How you doing? I am. I am good. I am uh, not well rested. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You've been traveling. You've been having all sorts going on, and uh, I thrust this podcast <laughs> upon you <laughs> right away. I got uh, so as I I was off the grid and I got back on the grid and I'm trolling through Twitter and I'm like, what happened? And it's just like something with loot boxes because holy shit, people yeah. are really pissed. People are angry, really angry about loot boxes now over the last week. Because I feel like we've been talking about this for almost a month. Like it feels like it's in some form we've been talking about the monetization of games, how studios make their money in the, in this climate mm. and etc so i don't know there's I mean, much more we can add but people God, are mad it's such a scary yeah i mean it's such a scary time too just because like so the you can't compare the way things are now to the way things used to be right like mm. it used to be you'd buy a game from gamestop and uh you'd return that game to gamestop and the developer would see no more money ever again after their initial launch because everybody was buying used games and stuff and and now with digital releases you don't have that so now uh games that are fantastic games that are $60 are being are making more money later on by just a year later selling for $30 and this is driving down the price of games it is that healthy for the industry uh uh I don't know, long term or short term or like, like it's hard to say. And in order to combat this, this is the new problem. This driving down of the price point. You have to get people to buy the game immediately. How do you do that? Multiplayer, which is uh, this is driving both the kinds of games we're making. It's driving how we monetize the games that we do make. It's driving everything. You mm. know, um, I agree. And I, it is something we've talked about a lot. It's a conversation, and people can get mad about it, but I don't. I don't personally see a path from this to something else. I mean, market forces are what they are. People are buying what they're buying. People will... uh, It isn't like you're buying... When you buy something from... When you buy a video game, you buy a product. It's like buying a table in most people's minds, right? It's not Mm. like buying a piece of art where you're a patron. It's like, I'm buying a table. I will now return the table... Uh, or I will get the cheapest possible table. Um, It's, I I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just saying, like... You you need a table is what you're getting at, yeah? (laughs) The market will get what it wants as cheaply as it can. Yeah. Uh, And everybody else will try to figure out the way to make the most money off of that business, of the Mm. market. 100%. It's a... A lot of people are very angry about this and complaining about it a lot, but it's also a case of, well, like you say, like if if you guys weren't if you guys weren't interacting with any of this and weren't buying any of it, they wouldn't be doing it because they wouldn't make any money. Like they're doing this because they want to make money. So all right. So let's say I've been on a mountain and totally off the grid. Yes. What exactly happened? Uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Uh, it's actually out. Actually, by the time people listen to this, it will have just come out. But it's mm-hmm. been in, uh, there was a beta, then there was a EA, if you were a member of EA Access or Origin Access, you could play it for free for 10 hours as a trial. And then those of us, like me, that ordered the deluxe edition, we've already got it because you got it three days earlier. So the whole thing's been kind of spilling out. And basically, there's a lot of loot boxes in uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. And a lot of people feel it's kind of, pay to win because you get these cards that are like little buffs and stuff like that for your 
uh, for the different classes that are in the game. And the in order to grind to get all these cards would take you quite a long time. So a lot of people are not very happy. The same thing we've talked about before, how Western sort of uh, gaming culture is not a fan of pay to win. And th- and mm-hmm. for some people it felt like it. I, I will say myself, I have played about 12 hours of it now. About seven of that has been multiplayer. And I know that because I played the trial before I got the full... I'd already pre-ordered the game, but before it unlocked. And mm-hmm. I've not encountered any issues with it at all. I've been really loving the game. And at no point have I currently, at least, felt I had to buy anything. So in this particular instance, I'm a little confused. Because I'm just sort of like, I've not stumbled upon this being a problem to my gameplay experience. But also, I know I'm someone that isn't going to play it for like... 10 hours in a day or something like that like it, that's not going to be my experience with it so i am very much dipping in and out but that yeah. that's been the problem star wars battlefront 2 just it kind of feels like that's been the straw that's like broken the camel's back i mean you had nba 2k is it 18 the latest one now that was like an nba game full of just full of loot box situations that people were super mad about that and yeah i think people are not a big fan of any loot boxes that seemingly well, add any of... buffs or mechanics or anything. Yeah, they're not a fan of pay to win. And I mean, yeah. there's such a delicate balance in multiplayer games in general of like, if you, well, there's, in World of Warcraft and in MMOs, you raid and you get better gear and then you can obviously, you know, crush in PvP. But I think yeah. in a lot of competitive games, and a lot of like more esports games in general, that's frowned upon. You should, uh, a person who's just playing today and a person who's been playing forever should they should be competitive with each other and they should way, begin right? level with the exception like, of yeah. their skill at the very beginning of the game you should feel like i have exactly the same advantages and disadvantages within the system of the game that anyone else mm-hmm. does yeah which again i can see how those cards kind of can change that in multiplayer but to me i don't know i'm just like i I just sort of i guess i'm not that competitive about it i just take it as something where i'm like well that's part of the game and it's a game that I enjoy, so I'm fine. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Like, I imagine if they started doing something like that in Overwatch, because that hasn't been the precedent, I would find that a little odd, because I'm like, well, why would you? It didn't need yeah. that. Like, this <laughs> this is fine. You know, I bet also with all the layoffs and the fact that this has been in the press and people have been thinking about loot boxes and yeah. microtrends and just the general fear of change uh, mm-hmm. is is all coming to a head here, which is blowing this probably a little bit bigger than it, than it maybe would have been if this wasn't such a prevalent conversation right now yeah with this particular game and we actually got because we normally get to questions at the end of the show but this is so exactly what we're talking about uh benji on twitter did ask uh that he feels like what is ostensibly a good game battlefront is getting totally overshadowed by the loot box business uh, it seems a real shame for the developers what do you guys think about it uh that basically benji yeah uh, yeah it is a shame because uh yeah, I've been... I mean, I'm sure EA are doing fine and all stuff like that, but it's a really good game. DICE have done a really good job with it, and it's a lot of... It's more fun than the first one, and it's the first time I've sat... Like, yesterday, I streamed the single-player campaign, and I ended up streaming for five and a half hours. I've not done that <laughs> at all, just because I was it's sat there, and I was like... Yeah, I super got into it and I was really enjoying yeah. it. And they've done a very good job. And yeah, so that is a shame. But this conversation is definitely one that's 
it's very odd there's very there's very sort of just i say it's odd it's not odd it's twitter so it shouldn't be <laughs> odd to me at all but i was about to say that it, the conversation has become very like fuck all loot boxes burn everything i hate everything about this uh. it's the worst and then just some people that just blindly are like and this is a very small minority but blindly are like no it's all fine it's great everything's great this is great and it's like why is there no conversation but again it's twitter so that's yeah. why <laughs> i mean i feel like you could cut and paste something that says hey what are the last five games you bought <laughs> yeah and this would really just shut some people up uh, oh god yeah there's a lot of that like it's sort of well <laughs> we've all been buying all these loot boxes especially like you say overwatch i've spent yeah. more than i spent on the game on loot boxes no question i've done that so it's like so every company would look at that and go oh he spent like double what he spent buying the game on just pretend costumes for his characters that don't even do anything so you know what else really uh i'm curious how well this does in china and in Korea, and in places where pay-to-win isn't looked down upon as this yeah. hugely negative thing. I agree, and yeah, the, I, I I didn't realize how it's only thanks to these conversations with you how big a market China is becoming, and how much that's a big discussion. Like we're going to talk about the game awards later, but that even has a category of like best Chinese game. Like no other country gets a its own category, but best Chinese game is it's, an award I mean, category. We are very there is a reckoning that is about to occur that I think a lot of us can kind of feel it and you're kind of aware of it already, which is America is a very expensive country. So far, most of the games industry have been Americans making games for Americans and that has been changing over the last 10 years a lot. Mm. And now with market forces being what they are and it's so much cheaper to develop games in other countries, um there's a squeeze on the industry in America. And and some of it's actually ironically coming from Canada. Canada's got some amazing tax incentives yeah, to come Canada does. companies there. Um, but I, I think in the long term, probably uh, we, we might feel some other country is going to have a city that is a major tech center that is their Silicon Valley. And that some other country that's much cheaper. And uh, that's going to really put some downward pressure on... I don't want to say downward pressure on salaries, but on the the, it's going to change how we look at dev budgets. That's for damn sure. Mm. And then once you get that, I, and a lot of this is for the AAA stuff, by the way. Obviously, like yeah, the very artisanally crafted video games of the indie space maybe won't get hit by this as much. But in the AAA space, I think this is absolutely going to be the case very soon. Um, and I I think the other side of that coin is the extremely large. Uh, middle class that's starting to form in China and their desire to play more video games and their desire to have more premium video games and their culture in general. Yeah, that's huge. Mm. And if you don't, and right now when we have the ability, because most of the industry is in America, EA is based in America. uh, These major corporations have the advantage to capitalize on this Chinese marketplace on the other hand, there's other sides to that too, right? Working with the Chinese government is a nightmare. If you ever make a huge hit, the Chinese government will block your game in China and create their own version there uh, in order to make sure that the, the money stays in their economy. They do some shady shit. Like, nice. it's a very difficult... We're actually in a really weird and difficult situation. There's a reason why um, 
like Blizzard has people on staff that just work with the Chinese government. Wow. Uh, this is and and work with different like ambassadors almost that work mm. with foreign countries and things. It's, I remember there was yeah. a story one time about Russia where they uh, the the servers for WoW. I don't know where I heard this, so I might be making this up, but I don't <laughs> think I am. Uh, the the servers, uh, somebody in Russia they they every time Blizzard would patch their servers. The Russian hackers had a another patch that was like for their free servers almost within 24 hours. Hmm. And so everybody who was playing World of Warcraft in Russia was playing on free servers. And so WoW, I think, or at least cheaper servers. So WoW went free to play in Russia briefly just to kill off all the competition. Yeah. Wow. There's a game afoot that is much larger than our Twitter sphere. And the reality is... We are Americans may not be the market that EA is looking at here, especially looking at what yeah. they're doing. What well, it's it's just it it is an at the moment it's an undercurrent developer conversation. The I don't think I've not really read much about this in the press or anything like that, and it's particularly not a thing that I think people that are worried like about loot boxes and stuff are thinking about at the moment. But yeah, it's it's definitely. Like I say, Game Awards, best Chinese game. There's not a best British game. There's not a best French game. There's not a best German game. And all of the countries I've just because listed have are, produced some amazing games. I mean, I don't want to be all, like, privileged or whatever, but because those are just called best games. <laughs> <laughs> you also, you got to look at, you got to look at the, the motivations of the people making these games awards. They probably want to be the global game awards and yeah. uh, they need to they need to make sure their website's translated into different languages and they need to make sure they have some content there that's appealing to this new marketplace that has a lot of money. Hmm. Well, speaking of the Game Awards, first of all, let me just say congratulations to regular listener of the show, Mr. Chris Lam, who is one of the team who made the game Slime Rancher because they were nominated for Best Debut Indie Game, which apparently is presented, presented by... Chic Hydro, and I have no idea what that is. I can't tell if that's like a razor blade or a deodorant. <laughs> like, it sounds like something like that. But Chic Hydro have got involved, and Slime Rancher are nominated for best debut in- indie game, which is which is cool because Slime Rancher is a really fun game. Yeah, yeah. I hope they make it. Who are they up against? Uh, Mr. Shifty, Hollow yeah. Knight, Cuphead, Golf Story. Mr. Shifty, I don't know a ton about. It looked a lot like Hotline Miami. This is going to be a rough one. I hope they win. I'm going to vote. Yeah, I was going to vote as well. I was like, I haven't actually voted on awards in in, in a while. But yeah, Hollow Knight I haven't played. Uh, Golf Story people keep telling me to play. And Cuphead looks too hard. Like, all I heard about it from... Well, all I heard about it was everyone was just like, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. And I was like, well, it won't be fun for this guy. So I uh, have not played Cuphead. But, Fair enough. Well, I, I don't know. I've never been... Whenever anyone just... The first thing anyone tells me about a video game is it's hard, I am immediately turned off. <laughs> like, I'm like, uh, nah, I'm good. I'm not one of those people that wants to sit there for 12 hours learning the game. I'm like, nah, I just want to... I just want to play it. <laughs> so, Slime Rancher, I, oh, I had so much joy with that. I streamed a bunch of that. That was super fun plus it was free on the xbox which was really cool because a lot of people got to play it um to be fair what you said what you said earlier was very telling you said if somebody describes a game as hard 
if the first thing they say is, oh, this game is hard, I don't want to play it. Yeah. Which I think most people feel that way. And I love strategy and tactics games. That's all I do is strategy and tactics games, right? But if somebody's like, hey, this game's really hard, I wouldn't be into it. That's a sign. Like, if you don't open with, oh, my God, this game is so fun. If you open with, oh, my God, this game is so hard. Yeah. That's generally a sign that something somewhere went wrong. And there is such a thing as making a game hard just to make it hard. And it's not actually fun yeah. or interesting or... You know? I mean, as soon as I hear 2D Metroidvania that's super hard, I'm like, fuck. Mm. No. And super not for me, that game. Oh, they got a best student game category. I didn't notice that earlier. That's cool. And I've not heard of any of these games. I should play all these games. These games look interesting. Mm. Yeah, support the support the rising stars. Support the, the studs. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Uh... Oh, there's a best independent game category as well. Oh, yeah? What's Just up scrolling Py- through this now. Pyre, uh, Night in the Woods, Cuphead. Oh, God. It was a good year for us, man. What Remains of Edith yeah. Finch? I haven't yeah. played that Hellblade yet. That looked really good. You know, I'm like scrolling through this website, and the number of times I see Cuphead is really warming my heart right <laughs> Cuphead's now. Cuphead's like, in here a lot. Yeah, God. Good. Way to go. Way to bring back, like, old school animation. There is so much unexplored animation in video games right now like the i i feel like there was this renaissance in video games as far as design goes but never hit animation and i'm like yes we're seeing tons of unique art styles and this and that but we're not like it it was about fucking time somebody made something like cuphead Mm. that game is gorgeous that game is so such a an homage to a, a classic I, I don't know. I'm an animation nerd. It, yeah, I, no, I'm to a style. Just so happy. Yeah, man. Throwbacks. I love it. I love it. What sort of? I mean, you're saying that. Like, what sort of stuff would you like to see? I mean, this is completely. We haven't thought about this, but that could describe the whole show. What sort of stuff would you like to see more of in the animation circle? Like, because you saw Cuphead uh, and was like, "Oh, this oh. is." You never see stuff like this. It's such a shame that you don't see different sorts of animation okay so i mean i see i feel we've done a lot of exploration in 3d and a lot of AAA. obviously is always pushing on 3d and we always try to push things things are pushing in different directions in that regard but in 2d i, I feel like 2d's been pretty flat for a while i think night in the woods is a fun look at a different art style but i feel like everything you can divide all animation and games into kind of like the the hand-drawn style of uh, that you see out of clay, or no, no, excuse me, I'm sorry. The you can divide everything into either flash or spine. Like I can literally look at a video game and tell you, oh, that one was made in flash and that one was made in spine. Oh, like, these uh, are programs. I mean, I'm, not, I'm yeah. aware of flash, but yeah. Yeah, basically, like I can, I can just kind of tell, and I, there, uh, how do I put it? Why don't we have games that have more forced perspective? Why don't we have games that have, um, that are, ex- go open up an animation book and look back through time and, and look at like, here's when we started rotoscoping and here's when things looked like this. Uh, why don't we have, in general, I feel the, um, bone-based 2D animation has a lot of room for innovation, like a ton mm-hmm. of room for innovation. I won't say this isn't my world. Like I live in 3D and it's not, it's something I'm, casually interested in and i think in a couple years or so if we're still kind of in this place i would love to jump into 2d and 
really experiment with what could be done with bone-based animation and anim tree blending for a 2D character. Mm. I think it's something that we have not even really begun to explore as an industry. Hmm. But I'm talking out of my ass. <laughs> like I've I've done a bit of exploration. I have I'm pretty confident I could come up with something unique, but that's mostly because I I think it specifically bone-based 2D games could push further. And I do think it was high time somebody makes something like Cuphead if you're going to do uh if you're going to do more more this is something that's neither flash nor spine. Mm. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Something else. Well, I mean you, you don't know I guess the way the things are going to evolve, but it's interesting to hear that there is a desire to see something like cuz that's not something I've ever really thought about like you know, I guess it's something as a consumer you don't think about until you see it, which I guess is oh. why Cuphead resonated so much. And to be fair, it's not even really something that I think would do well in the market. <laughs> That's mm. the problem, right? A lot of the things that I want that I think are cool uh, and that I would totally support and get throw money at um, wouldn't do well in the market. I know that, right? <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, like, it's kind of niche. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm amazed Cuphead did as well as it did. I'm so happy for them. I didn't expect it, to be honest. Uh, I I thought, like, this is a gorgeous, stunning game, and I thought, oh my god, this is, like, this is a throwback to a beautiful time in animation before we'd fi- before rotoscoping, when we didn't know... We were just excited about, you know, things that move, and, and I thought, this is... This is great for a lot of just nerd reasons. I was into it. But I thought, also, this is going to pancake in the marketplace. And it didn't. And I'm so happy that it didn't. It's amazing to me that it didn't. So best art direction. Best art direction. Dude, Cuphead is here, too. Look (laughs) at it. Ah! Those smiley little dudes. Yeah. Go them, man. That's great. All right, what else we got? We got Destiny 2. That's, I mean, fair. Yeah. Hmm. Persona 5. I didn't play Persona 5. I thought that was like an anime art style. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very stylized though, like super stylized. It looks right. really nice. Yeah, I'll I'll probably be playing these in December when I have time. Yeah, but yeah, Breath of I, I mean, art direction is difficult. I mean, I'm ju- I'm just going off of what I think looks the best, and I'd probably go Breath of the Wild because mm-hmm. oh, that game is so pretty and it makes me feel so good. And the music, so to- I, that music is so good as well. So sparse, but like amazing. Anyway, sorry. No, that's cool. Uh, and they, it's funny you said that you brought music and art direction because it's a common thing we say. Music makes, or audio makes your animation 10% better. Yeah, uh, well, it's there you go. True. It's the category below and Breath of the Wild. Pretty much all similar games are in there, except yeah. add Mario Odyssey and Nier Automata I mean, or Automata. Art direction, I would say the ability to keep everybody moving in one direction like you can have a lot of beautiful pieces of art in a game but they won't gel they won't have a a singular vision you understand Mm. what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah. like they like getting uh especially with a large studio that's why i honestly feel like best art direction should usually go to a large studio because it's so much harder to get a lot of people moving in concert concert towards one look Towards mm. one one vibe, one feel, one style. Um, it's a lot easier uh, when you're indie and you can just be like, oh, all the characters look like they belong together because all the characters are made by Joe. <laughs> Joe drew them all. 
Joe drew them all, and then Joe made them all. Good and work, so they Joe. Look, they look this, like they were made for by the same artist because they weren't. Yeah. Whereas when you're like on a team of forty artists, yeah, I guess when it's bungee, it, you can go to somebody and be like, "That's good. That's all." It's not that it's too good. It's that it's good in a way that is not the way that we need it to be good for the game. And you have these really awkward conversations with people just trying to get mm. everybody to kind of congeal on one specific like move row together in one one direction you yeah. know what I mean? yeah that is interesting but uh yeah i don't know i'd probably go zelda just because i think that looks the nicest but you're looking at it from probably the way the actual judges are looking at it in, <laughs> in a different way i'm just like what looks the nicest according to me well, I mean, it looks like anybody can vote, right? Oh, yeah. You can click vote now. Oh, well, so then. Well, the then. Judge. My opinion is just as valid as anyone else's. Zelda. <laughs> click. There you go. Done. Uh, music. Um, Nier Automata does have some good music. But I'd go as Zelda again, probably. De- don't get me wrong. Destiny 2 has some great orchestral stuff. Cuphead sounded cool. Uh, Persona 5 has some really great music. Mario is a really great orchestrated music. Oh, it does some really cool stuff as well. But um, Breath of the Wild again. It's like, God, the music is just perfect. Everything in that game fits. Like, the music, like I say, it's a lot of the time it's just really sparse, just notes on a piano. Like when you're just running across this field of green and some birds take off, and it's like, this is amazing. Like they've <laughs> they've done such a good job of creating what feels like an entire world. So yeah, that that'd be me. Oh, audio design is a whole different. Like, of course, it's a whole different category, Chris. It's not music, is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. You're so funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, hey, a minute. We already did the sound. <laughs> like, oh yeah, god, yeah. There's all sorts of categories for all sorts of things, and oh, games for impact. What's that? For a thought-provoking game with a profound pro-social meaning or message. Hmm. There's things I haven't even heard of. Well, there's one I haven't even heard of in there. Bury Me, My Love. I've not even heard of that. Yeah. You heard of that? You know, uh, no, I haven't. Not me either. I, I was hoping there'd be like some... I don't know why. I want there to be more political games too. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I don't want to be negative. But like, why isn't... This is a very difficult time. I'm surprised there aren't more games about current ev- current events. Yeah. And I feel like last year we had that dragon cancer, which was really heavy, and we had some really heavy stuff. And I and at the time I was like, "Wow, all indie games are super heavy." And this year I feel like we're kind of reaching for that uh, mm. that kind of social commentary game. Yeah, I was actually playing. I did a thing on Devolver's stream, the indie treasure hunt, which is me trawling through good old mm. itch.io for things that look interesting that I haven't heard of. And I found a game, like, it wasn't a particularly accomplished game or a particularly fun game necessarily to play. It was like an RPG maker game. But it was about this guy who, when he was, like, 15, or not that long ago, escaping Syria, like, during the whole stuff that's happened in Syria. And it's, yeah. it's like, kind of well done because you're playing it and he's put little bits of humor in it and stuff. But then something will happen and then a little video will appear in the corner of him saying, oh, this is actually, this is pretty much what happened to me. Da, 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 and explain everything while he's doing his story and stuff. So it's like an autobiographical 
RPG version of his actual life. So you're kind of playing, and you're like, oh, weird. It's not weird. It's just uh, you don't get games like that. I suppose, as you were kind of alluding to, you don't get too many games that deal with actual political issues as much, seemingly. But it was just when I found that one, I was like, wow, oh, okay. As soon as the guy appears in the corner and he's telling you, like, yeah, no, that actually happened. And this is actually what happened. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, I said, like, I'm surprised there aren't more games like that. On the other hand, I'm like, I'm not going to make that. That would never sell. And also, like, I'm so bummed out about the world right now i really just don't want to spend don't more time going home and being bummed out and making more <laughs> games about how bumming the world is right now yeah i'd rather play star wars and run around as a battle droid who goes roger roger every few seconds like i'm yeah uh i'm having a great time yeah <laughs> and i'm the same like as a developer i'm like i just want to make something that cheers people up yeah so maybe maybe i should shut the hell up uh I think you should shut up. I, I I think that's also a very valid opinion. Like a lot of people's missions, I know a lot of there's as I've always said, there's very few streamers uh, I like, and one of the ones I actually do, Acadrian, uh, I was talking to him about like why he got into streaming and what his sort of aims are and stuff like that. And he said one of the things was that he wanted to make somewhere where people could come and hang out and not have to think about whatever's going on with them. And I say, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty reasonable aim. And I think that's a good aim for a lot of entertainment half the time. To just be like, yeah, you're not going to have to worry about any shit that's going on for a bit because you're focusing on whatever's happening here. And this is just fun, which is a pretty noble aim. Yeah. I think. I I want, like, I want so many things. I I think you want this while you were talking. I want... Like, if Jon Stewart was making video games. Like, mm. I want political humor in games. Badly. Yeah, there was... Uh, I remember... They've got was... the, the little web games that are like, send your thoughts and prayers and that stuff, which yeah. is cute. Yeah, that's cute. Uh, the, I, guess I remember I there was one being made for uh, Amnesia Fortnite a few weeks back. You know, the Double Fine thing they do. Yeah. They break off into other teams. There's one, I think it's been made yeah, by Anna I'm Kipnis. Yeah, with it which was called uh, Dear Leader. And that seemed like a really cool little game. Like, it was set in Russia in, like, just after Stalin, I think. And it seemed kind of funny, but also historical and political. And, yeah, it, it was like a sort of text graphic adventure, like, where you're clicking on what you want to do and who you want to bump off or whatever. And it looked really interesting. And, yeah, more games that are kind of political in that way or historical or whatever, that would be fun. Yeah, I have no interest in history. <laughs> oh, don't you? <laughs> no, I'm not Oh, I have a super big interest in history. I'm a total nerd for all that stuff. They're the best stories, Gwen, because they're true. No, I, t- I love history. I'm not a fan of Europa Universalis, which is a fight I get into with various people. And You're not a I- fan of what? Europa Universalis. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> We're not going to start this conversation. No, I don't know what that means. I want to know. It's a It's a video game. Oh, I know it's nothing a, about that. I'm it's a video it game I'm not a fan of. Uh, but whatever. Uh, oh god, there's like five of them. Europa, you how have I never heard of this? Faith, oh, power, wealth. Europa. Don't you know. go down this rabbit hole. This is a dark place. Oh really? I'm gonna just this look at a... images. I just want to see what it looks like. Oh, it's one of those grand history kind of. St- yeah, those look boring. Like <laughs> those don't look very fun. <laughs> I always see those and I'm like, 
I love history, but you've got to make this way more <laughs> interesting to play. Like, this just looks hard and, like, well, I'm just looking at a map. <laughs> like, so, yeah, no, I, I know this kind of game, the sort of grand strategy based on a board game and basically is a board game, but big kind of a thing. Yeah, not for mm-hmm. me. I'm a fan of Civ. People assume I'm a fan of Europa Universalis. I oh, really? Not. You get that yes. all the time? People are like, you must love no, this game. No, no, like, just fucking- my nerd... My nerd circles, yeah. chalk, wax philosophical about Civ. Uh, <laughs> I'll play to... a night with a glass of wine. <laughs> Discussing the AI. Nah. Uh, we, uh... <laughs> Fucking candy. Am I right? <laughs> nah, it's not even the problem anymore. Anyway, so... Oh, is Gandhi not the problem the... anymore? We should end this podcast. We're oh, about shit. To go... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we can't continue in this vein. Ah. <laughs> oh. It I is, like this way. I got off a plane. I'm not awake enough. You're not nerdy enough. This is not going to go anywhere. I'm good. learning. <laughs> <laughs> I like to know. I don't uh, know these uh, things, these worlds. I play shooters on consoles. I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> to be fair, I have no idea what's going on with shooters on consoles, really. Yeah, like, I could I, tell you all about them. I keep saying, like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll pick that up. And then the time comes and I pick it up and I'm like, and then I put it down again. And I'm like, no. Yeah, not for fine. you. I think that's fair enough. <laughs> we probably should wrap this up. It sounds like you've reached a dead end, and I'm, I I want to know about Europa Evangelicals or whatever it's yeah. called. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you was just for a minute. I thought you were just being like, I don't care about European history. It's like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like that was some like, sort of Latin history term. is all we have here. Yeah, I was like, uh, it's fucking old over here, Gwen. There's a lot of it. Like, <laughs> all right. Thanks for talking to me, Chris. No problem, Gwen Frey. Thank you for talking to me. And thank you for listening, listener. You can get us on Twitter. We're uh, at DialogueBoxCast. That's probably the best place to get us. I'm at Chris Light on Twitter. Uh, she is uh, at Dire Goldfish on Twitter. And yeah, get us there if you've got any questions, anything like that. I think we actually covered all the questions this week in the conversation, weirdly enough. Yes, this has been Gwen Frey and Chris Light, and you've been in... The dialogue box.